Thank you guys for tuning in. This is the Living Brightly podcast with Elaine Cross, and I have some special guests with me today, Madison and Adam. And we are going to talk about being very responsible with money. God wants us to be aware of what we do with our money. It's a tool that he provides for us, and we'll get started. Okay. I'm Adam Leffler. I'm an engineer for a research and development company. Madison is my wife. Can I say that? Yeah, you're allowed. (laughs) We are indeed married. Yes. You'll figure that out sooner or later anyway. Right. (laughs) How long have you been married? Yep, we've been married 10 years. uh, Dating for a much longer than that. Like seven years prior to that? So about 17 years years together. together. Madison, tell us a little bit about you. I'm Madison. I'm the wife. Uh, I'm also an engineer. Uh, I do systems engineering. Yeah, I mean, I guess we've been together for 17 years, married for 10. All rosy and and butterflies, right? It's been a honeymoon ever since the start in? No. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) You know, when we got our big boy and big girl jobs, uh, we were starting in a new state with... Um, Ballpark would be like 50%. Of your income? Yeah. Was towards loans. And rent. Right. But, right. You know. Your, your basic living <laughs> basic, expenses. Basic things that you need to live and not get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we're not thinking about tires for the car or, no, you know, anything. No, that, that is like... We didn't even have a concept of... You know, emergency situations. Right. There's this shift happening. Bills are pouring in. Reality has kind of hit. So what happened that you finally started to go, we need to do something with the finances? We need to maybe look at it a little different. It wasn't working. So, I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Panic mode set in where it was like we were more negative sometimes than positive and. And then we said, okay, some, something's I mean, got to change. We were two engineers living paycheck to paycheck, and it seemed like something was just off. Like, how, how can we have, like, seemingly a decent income? And, and I would argue a, a significant income comparatively to a lot of people. Exactly, yeah. Comparatively, like, you should but have some, a problem. But somehow, yeah, we're, we're not making it work, which, you know, everybody, you know, You know, like, <laughs> and yet, I think there's other people who make even more than you do, who still live paycheck to paycheck. True. Well, because it's not about how much you make, it's about your decisions that you make right. and the behavior that you have and your mindset towards money. I think people that made half of what we made with the right mindset... They can make it go way further. Can make it go way further and do really well for themselves, you know, and... Like, I don't think it has to do with your income, but I definitely think that more money kind of puts more fire on the problem. So I think if you have financial issues and you make a ton more money, you're just going to have a ton more issues because that's what that's what happened to us. It's a good analogy that more money is more fire and 
if you don't have the habits to control that or you have buffers in place where you can control that fire, it'll just it'll just burn everything down. And you'll see this when people like win big sums of money or if they get inherited from an estranged relative where they didn't, you know, learn the mindset of that wealthy relative and that money just disappears or it causes them trouble. They get in trouble. Right. Because of how they decided to, to use that money. Um it it changed their life, but it it just it was temporary. It it just put more fire on the problems that they already were having. Right. Right. Um and so I think I, I think it's a relative thing, but you but our society thinks, well if you just have more money then you just have less problems, and that will just take care of everything, right? More money, more problems. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, but that's true. It's true, though, right? Because, I mean, think about it. How can someone go paycheck to paycheck um, having, you know, a, a teacher's salary of, you know, I don't, I don't even know, twenty, thirty thousand a year, something really, really underpaid, in my opinion. Um, but that's another topic. Um, you know, they can only get into so much stuff, right? right? They can only have so much monthly payments. Right. You know, they yeah, can, they're not going to get a loan for a Lamborghini. Or exactly. They're going to they're going to get what they can afford, what based on what they think they can based off of the monthly payments right. and, you know, be struggling with that. Now someone who makes, you know, 500k or more can still be living paycheck to paycheck, but they're, you know, their monthly their, outlay is so much greater. Yeah, their monthly payments on things are greater because, yeah, the per- the teacher has, you know, a Honda Civic, but, you know, the 500K person wants to look like a 500K person, so they have the Escalade. They've got the Lamborghini. Right. And that payment is they got the still a monthly payment. dollar house. You know, they got, got the big house, they, you know, and, and they'd be putting off this perception that I'm successful because I make all this money, but they could also be paycheck to paycheck and not knowing if their grocery bill is going to make them go negative. Right. Right. And we've encountered other engineers that are, have that same kind of mindset too. Yeah. Sure. Sure. They wanna... and I, I think it's, I think it's one of those things where it's who's, who's in charge? Is your money in charge of you or are you in charge of your money? So what? So let's see. So panic set in for me. I started putting a spreadsheet together of all the loans so we could at least see what what was going on. In true you know, engineering. Because we're engineers. Yes, engineering you know, fashion there. Ex- Excel to came Excel, into play. You know. <laughs> huh. But that was really just to get a handle on what, what are we paying. Right. Okay. Yeah. We still didn't know what to do with them. We had like 10 different loans and it's like, well, some people recommend you pay them off individually. Some people recommend that you consolidate them. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. we don't What's know. What's the right thing is, to do? You know, is one way going to make you pay more in interest than another way? And we had no idea what we were doing. Um, so just ca- not trying to get a handle on what we were paying, I think, because we didn't really have a good handle on it either. We were just kind of paying bills as they came and we were like, this is not working. Right. <clears throat> right. Trying to think of what the transition was. So I do want to say that 
again, it was apparent. You know, I'll, I'll say, like, even, even though we didn't get, you know, great training and examples growing up on, like, you know, how to handle money and to be good stewards, they've still been a positive influence over the years. It's just been subtle, and it's hard to recognize until you kind of retrospectively it's look true. back. But I think it was apparent recommended the the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University uh, CDs. Uh, and they had, you know, just an old copy, an audio CD, not like the, you know, DVDs or the classes or anything. It was like an old um, version of Financial Peace. And I was like, you, you, you know, if you're interested, you could probably go through this. It's, it's pretty cool. It's valuable. We found it valuable. It's like, okay, sure. <laughs> um so i think we had we had those cds and we had had them in our possession for a long time <laughs> <laughs> we had all the stuff sitting there didn't use it for a while yeah and i don't remember what um what convinced us to actually listen to them i think maybe i think we maybe listened to like the first one just to be like okay fine we'll at least see what this is about um and I think we decided that it's better than flailing around. We could at least see what the rest of these have to say. Sure. Um, and, and, and we decided to do it together, you know, because we were, again, trying to be together in this. We were trying to act as a married couple, not as individuals. And we wanted to be on the same page with finances well, and I think that's part of financial peace, isn't it, for you to do it, it together? It is, but, you know, we... we Again, it doesn't mean all, all couples do. <laughs> and and mostly, and most don't. And I think that, I think that that's one area that we were very uh, fortunate that we kind of always wanted to be on the same page with some of those things. Um, growing up, having seen divorce and knowing what that looks like. like um, we were very intentional throughout our marriage um, that we did not want things to creep in that could cause us to um, not be on the same page. Well, I'm, I mean, first was going into marriage knowing that divorce is not an option, right? Yeah, that was one rule that we kind of always had is that even in the middle of big fights, uh, we were not to bring up divorce. Uh, Don't even mention it. Yeah, that was, from day one, that was kind of a rule that we had. They're like, this is not, you know, we're not coming in here and, you know, making an oath before God um, to then ever put divorce on the table. So and you I'm were not, Christians when you got married? Yeah. This is, okay. Yeah. And it, had you gone through some sort of pre-marriage counseling where this kind of came up or... Was this just something that the two of you came up with? Or? I mean, we had some pre-marriage counseling, um, but it was kind of basic. It was uh, it was kind of funny. We had already been dating for seven years, and a lot of the things <laughs> through the counseling was like trying to make sure that you had asked the tough questions of each other. You know, like, have you guys thought about, you know, how you would handle kids or how you would handle money or how you would handle this? Have you guys had these conversations? And you know, make sure you'd thought about that stuff before actually, you know, walking down the aisle. Right. Um, but most of those things we had already really, really discussed. You know, we 
we'd been together for seven years. We had at least three of those years long distance. There was a lot of talking. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what, and that's one of the great things about the long distance actually was that we were forced to have more conversation because you couldn't like just hang out with each other and do something. Watch a movie and never speak a word kind of thing. We were kind of forced to have more actual conversation. So we did. We did talk talk a lot about our expectations for a lot of those things already. And still, you crashed together into marriage. (laughs) Just because we agreed didn't mean that it was... Just because seven years of discussion doesn't mean it prepares you for the first year of marriage either. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, that's true. Um, Well, that was good that you had this foundation that we're just not talking divorce, we're not going to get a divorce, and we're in this together. So that, that... and we knew that money was one of those top issues, right? That sure. most people I mean, that's, just that's don't what agree a lot of on the... and leads to divorce. And so we we're like, well, money, we have to be on the same page. We have to at least come to some kind of a compromise agreement sure. on money. So even, it... even while we were flailing and not doing well, we were at least trying to be together in it. Right. And that includes um, having the same bank account. Yes, we did that from the get-go. Right, and that's they, good. And they do teach that in the class, um, but that was something that we already had done. We decided that we weren't going to hide money from each other. We weren't going to act like my paycheck or your paycheck were different monies. Um, we wanted it to be, you know, ours, ours, right. and we wanted it to be, and I think that, visible. Um, I think that stems from that that beginning agreement of you know we're we're in this together we're not going to divorce we we got to face all of these things together this is the only way out you know <laughs> right yeah, right yeah. the only way out is together is, yeah this together right so that kind of from that grew into okay well that means also that our money has to be the same mm-hmm. and i think i don't think you guys realize how huge that is it is. You would it be is. surprised probably how many people, even in your church or in your in your circles, that we know have about, separate accounts. We know of other couples that do, and it's hard because it's, I, I can't imagine having just me and my things. Right. You know, uh, or I have an allowance and somebody else handles the finances. It's like we, we're in this together. We both need to understand uh, all the aspects. Well, and there needs to be full transparency. Right, right. And I think having anything that's separate just leads to a temptation of hiding things, which can cause all kinds of other temptations. Right. And I think that being vulnerable, like, you know, part of that is vulnerable, but it needed to be transparent. And I wanted both of us to have complete transparency when it came to money um, and we were on agreement with that. But yeah, we talked to a lot of people. Most people that we talked to about money have, have some version have of... some version of separate accounts um, or an allowance. I've even heard of like one spouse controlling all the money and the other spouse getting an allowance. Right. I'm that's, like, that's something you do to a child. <laughs> yeah, that is that. It sounds a little bizarre, and you know, and maybe it stems from one person is a spendthrift and. So we'll do the budget 
and then that person gets so much money so they don't overspend. But that's hiding how often, the issue. How how right. often are you dealing with the budget? How often are you dealing with you know, do you do the budget once a year and now for the rest of the year you get a hundred dollars a week? You know, because I'm better with money than you are. So we're just yeah. Well, and then there then that turns into a power struggle sure. of somebody else is holding the purse strings. Right? And it also is a scapegoat, right? Yeah. I, oh, I can't, I'm not I can't responsible do it because for it. Yeah. I, I you know, that's not my problem. You know, if we're having troubles financially, that's your problem because, you know, you give me my hundred dollars a month and well, the rest is on you, kiddo. That's not a we mentality from yeah, my perspective. And I and I can't really speak to a lot of that. I mean right. some people will claim that it works for them and I'm you know, I'm not going sure, to tell them maybe it does. how how to, you know, <laughs> figure it out. But um if I you're young and you're getting married or just us, recently married. For us that's what what's worked. Yeah. For us, I don't see how that would work. Um also relationally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um i just think for our marriage it works so much better that we are 100 percent together 100 percent transparent with all of our financial decisions and that even came with you know trying to learn how to to do that together was asking each other permission to buy literally everything right and that seems weird and it's not a it wasn't a power thing of you know oh i need his permission to to buy lunch today it was a i'm being transparent about what i'm spending our money on right and i want to make sure we're on the same page and that's how it started we you know we don't ask permission for every little thing right now but it did start that way of hey i want to i was going to get lunch today you know at this place is that cool like right and not because i needed permission but because we were being transparent about where the money was going yeah well, because you can spend a lot of money going to lunch, getting coffees, getting, you know, that fast stuff can really burn a budget up real quick. Yeah, lots of little small dollar things add up very fast. If, you know, you ever go to Walmart and spend a bunch, way more than you think. You're like, it's Walmart. Everything was fairly inexpensive. It's like, yeah, but. It's $145 later. You can spend $145 on a bunch of things that are 2 or $3. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, my, my aunt used to always say, if you take care of your pennies, the dollars will take care of themselves. Hmm. And that's kind of what you're doing. You're, you're taking care of the pennies by, especially in this, this growing, developing stage of we're in crisis, we're in this together, and we need to get to a point where it's, it's good and, and we're kind of in charge of our money. So you've made this transition. You've decided we've got to get a handle on it. You got your spreadsheet all laid out, and you know things are looking kind of grim. You started Dave Ramsey. Did you finish going through the CDs? And well, before we get into that, let's take a break right here. And I just want to remind you that this is a value for value podcast. Thank you for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast and find value in what you hear, all I ask is you turn that value into a number and go to elainecross.com and make a donation. I freely provide my time, talent, and treasure to publish it, but I need your help to continue to provide this for you. I know people need to hear this, so I won't set up a paywall or subscription level. I refuse to be beholden to advertising corporations that control the content. You are who I want to serve. So help produce the next episode to spark the light in someone else to push back against the chaos of darkness one person at a time. 
Go to ElaineCross.com. That's E-L-A-Y-N-E. Cross as in Jesus died on the cross.com. And make a donation. Then send a note to me at donation at ElaineCross.com. So on that, let's continue. I think it did take us a while. Um, mm-hmm. Because well, we, we went through the first one and we realized there are some things that we can do. Actions based off of now. this first sure. disc. Start now. And right. we kind of we kind of did it that way. We didn't do like the whole entirety of the program, the program and then went and changed the, how we handled money. We'd started with disc one, lesson one, and we're like, oh. Baby steps. Well, uh, we didn't set any of this up. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we could at least... You know, look at a couple things here and there and see if we can maybe set it up similar. See if, see if this ends up working out because the way that we're working now is, yeah. is not. And the first thing that they tell you, and, uh, you know, you don't have to follow the program, but it, it is a great help. And mm-hmm. if you have no idea where to start and you're just like, nobody taught me nothing. I don't know where this money is going. It's a great way to just. You know, it, it's very organized in the way it walks you through these baby steps, and it's very easy to understand for people who don't know finances, like like I didn't, right. you know. And uh-huh. so, you know, I don't, I'm not, you know, advertising for them or anything, but that was what we used, and it was a great way to at least get us started in the right mindset and mm-hmm. developing good habits. Right. So, like the first thing they tell you to do is to save a thousand dollars. Oh, ouch. A thousand dollars. Do you have a thousand dollars set aside just for emergencies? Those new tires, right? Yeah. yeah. And we're like, we don't nope. have any money set aside. What is what, <laughs> what is, is set, set aside? aside? It's all active. It's all doing things. I don't know what they're doing, but they're doing something. They're doing something. They're coming and going. <laughs> coming and going as they please. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we're like a thousand dollars. Like that's how long is it going to take that it, to do that? Right? And when you don't have a handle on your budget, you don't know because you don't know what your your free amount is versus you know the stuff that's allocated Committed, to stuff. Yeah. Um, and so it was like, well, where we can, we'll put some aside until it equals a thousand dollars. You know, and, and then we'll graduate from that lesson and move on to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Well, and I think and I think what happened was we finally got to a thousand dollars set aside and we're like, okay, cool, we got this money, and then something happened. Oh, uh, almost immediately. Uh, and we yes. had to use it. Mm-hmm. And what happened was we had the money to handle it. Right. And it was like And we ooh. didn't have to worry about if our bank account was gonna go negative. Because we had set it aside. Ding, 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 ding. And it like. Something works here. And I think for, I think that was one of those moments where we're like, oh, <laughs> this didn't cut into anything. It was, it was not stressful. We right. didn't worry about it. It was like, oh, we have emergency money. That's what that money is for. Nice. And, nice. And we used it and we're like, we don't, we don't have a. A monthly payment to pay that off because we paid for it in cash. Right. I never paid for anything in cash. I mean, I had paid for my car, but right. that took a long time right. to build that up. Um, but other than that, most things are, you know, right. You know, put it on credit and I'll pay it off. Right. You know, in a few months or whenever I can. Right. I was like, we paid for, paid for this in cash. 
And it was like, wow, you can you can do that when so you have some So it was easy to put the aside. second thousand dollars away. Well, it wasn't easy. It, wasn't it was easy, the same process. <laughs> we just had to continue doing the away. same thing we were doing. But it made sense and it right. was more motivating to do it when we saw the value in why we're putting it aside. Sure. And like and I and I think the thing that you don't you can't describe to someone as the feeling of that feeling like you have it handled. Yeah. What a powerful control. Out. For the first time, right? It's yeah. uh, this whole thing of, you know, we've got students' loans, things are coming in, they're going out. And then the first time we're like, oh, there is money set aside for this thing that came up. Mm-hmm. We needed to take care of. And I don't remember what that thing yeah, is. I don't remember what it was, but, but that's not important. <laughs> but, I, but I remember the feeling right. of, oh, I don't have to worry about that. Right. Oh, okay. We just we'll just pay for it with this money, right? And uh, like that, like not having to stress about that. No arguments. No like checking our bank account. Where or, is it going to come or from? Putting it on credit and having one more bill come through, right? It or was, what's going to be late? It was know, just like... it was just handled, and the thing was taken care of, right? And then the next day, we just keep doing what we're doing, and it like I can't. I can't right. help someone understand that it's different when you feel it. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But so getting that small win was where we were like, okay, Motivating. this seems like it does something. Uh-huh. That was more than we've ever mm-hmm. been able to do before. By ourselves. And that was just the first step. Right. Right. So, <laughs> All right. Crack this thing open and figure out what are the next couple You're like, steps. What does right? this guy say about student loans? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's where we're really out. hurting. <laughs> um, yeah. So that so that made us dig into the next one. So we took it step by step. We didn't. Right. You no know, sense to rush. We didn't. Right. We didn't even listen to the whole thing. We didn't even know where the end goal was. Right. Yeah, we I had know. no idea. We were like, well, this works. This is more than what we've been able to do ourselves. Yeah, so, so give let's us a just little bit more. Give us a little bit more and we'll we'll just keep going <laughs> as as we go. And that's and that's about how we went through the that material. The right. Um, which is unique, I guess, because usually you go through like the whole thing. The whole thing. It's With a class. Group. Right. It's a class. Um it's like which 13 I think, weeks or sixteen. I think it would weeks. be helpful to see like where the end goal is. I mean, that's very helpful. But for us, it was like, it it was just, It didn't you know, matter. It was right. crisis, crisis yeah. mode. It was like a field medic. Right. <laughs> EMT coming. <laughs> just it's a, yeah, fix the symptoms at least. My money's out of control. Anyway. Right. It's on life support. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's. I, I, you know, in some respects, I think it might even be advantageous because as you go through, the, and I have been through the program, but as you go through the program, it starts talking about things that are like, they're, or they're almost so far down the road. They feel like they're so unattainable because it's like, oh, and you're going to invest money in the stock market. It's like, I would like oh, yeah. to not have 15 bills every month. Could we just right. deal with that first? <laughs> so we did have the advantage of not getting overwhelmed by any of those baby steps because right. we didn't even learn know them. what they were. Right. We didn't even look them up or like investigate further into the program than we were actually at. Nice. And actually, you know, looking back, if if that's something that can get overwhelming, I 
recommend doing that. You know, right. look at step number about... one. Don't even worry about the rest. Right. And right. like just see if you can do one and see if that makes a difference for you. You know? And if it doesn't, then, you know, you can make your decision from there. But for us, it made a felt difference. Right. Mm-hmm. So you got serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was when we were motivated. We we're like, okay, there's hope that maybe oh, sure. there's something we can like take control of because it felt like all the other companies and banks had control over our finances. Yeah, they did. And sure. yeah, they kind of did. Yeah. <laughs> they did. If you're, if you're not sure what you're making, then you're not sure you can actually afford that next thing, whatever it is, then you're kind of at their mercy of, oh, well, if you just do a monthly payment, then it makes it small enough to where you think you can wrap your head around it versus just affording the whole thing all at once. Yeah, you'll notice that a lot of prices aren't even listed as the total cost anymore. Most prices are listed in the monthly payment. Right, and people don't realize how much they pay in interest and fees and stuff over the course of that payment process. Basically, you pay for something Absolutely. twice. Right. Uh, most people pay f- pay their home. I think it's three times the value of your home or so. It's crazy when you look yeah. at it. If you take it the full 30 years. It's a lot it's of, a pay, lot of like interest. You pay for just, your house yeah. two or three times. But people do get intimidated by that total number. Yes. Well, rightfully so. Sure. Because if you looked at that total number, you might say, if we can afford that. Right. right. <laughs> but how does that make it better when you go down to 50 bucks a month? Right. Well, you know, most people don't know. Well, They're, I could do $50 a month. Yeah, that's a big think, deal. Yeah. yeah. There's it's a at little least bit 50 easier bucks. to handle. There's at least yeah. $50 in my bank account in every month right. at a minimum. <laughs> right. So right. Yeah, there you go. Right. I can probably yeah. do and, it. And, and I have been on the other side of that when, um, not that I ever did it, but I have gone to some of those places where you can like rent to own your furniture, rent to own mm. your television, rent to own. Because when you're in a position where things are so dire and the income is so limited and, you know, I don't know, the couch burned or something, like, <laughs> how much does it, how much would it cost me a month to have a new couch in my house? Now, I never went that route. I always ended up either finding a couch or going to Goodwill or something like that. I, there were other ways to get. You can make it work. And you yeah. will be surprised. And, you know, speaking as a Christian how God can provide for yes. you yes. if you're willing to compromise your expectations. Like, why does it have to be a brand new leather couch? Right. It doesn't. Right. Why can't it be, you know, Susie Joe's old, uh, you know, fabric couch, couch? Right. That still has some life in it, but she just upgraded her couch, you know? Well, I can safely tell you, I don't think I've ever bought a brand new couch. I have always <laughs> had an upcycled couch from someone else. But Matter of fact, the couch I have in my living room is a Lazy Boy woohoo that I bought from a friend who had it for 12 years. So, <laughs> But you've always had a place for your family to sit. Yes, I, I have. Thought. I have. And I'm not ashamed of that. It, it doesn't bother me any. I don't feel like, I oh, I want to go buy a brand new Lazy Boy. I don't even know how much they cost, but I know they're more than I would want to spend. <laughs> well, and, and some of this comes down to that expectation as well of... You know, how, how much do you value your financial freedom and having ownership of your finances versus the appearances that you give off to other people? 
Are you willing to make some sacrifices um, in some of the things that you own? Are you willing to sell some things? Right. Yeah. You know, do, do you, can you live with having hand-me-down stuff or not the top-of-the-line thing? Yep. Yep. At least for a time. If those things really matter to you, you can save for them. But I think making it makes a big difference if you're, you know, willing to look at other options. Other options, yeah. I yeah. mean, we we have to reassess what's important to us, right? You know, if if you really value your appearance to other people as being successful or having these high end things, you're going to pay for it, and probably with financial freedom right you're not going to have that and, freedom well, and and people and people think of it the opposite way too right they're like if you put me on a budget you're taking away my freedom i'm not going to have the freedom to, to do all the things i want to do and it's like just, to the contrary just budget for that <laughs> if you find it important and that's a priority to you when you have a budget and you know what your money is you can spend your money on the things that you value more and not have to worry if you can pay for it or not. Right. And it's a different kind of freedom. And you can have those things that you prioritize, but we have to remember to prioritize things. And that might mean compromising. Right. And it doesn't mean that you don't have a couch. Right. But you might not have a new leather lazy boy couch. Right. And are you okay with that? Would you rather have that lazy boy couch or have a handle on your money? And right. And, you know, financial freedom. Right. Or if you really, really want that Lazy Boy couch, you know, you want to buy that leather Lazy Boy couch, then you know it's going to take you X amount of time to save the money like it took you to get your $1,000, right? Even if it's $5 a month or you start a side hustle to to do it, whatever, because you're in control of how your money gets spent, not your money, the banks and everything else saying, well, you need this, or you got to get that, or you should do this, or you should do that. Now, I would argue that you'd probably wait on those big purchases until you know that you do have a handle on oh, your yes. budget. Still still yes. in crisis mode, right? <laughs> yeah, when we were in crisis mode, we did have to make a compromise that we weren't purchasing new things. Uh-huh. We we really did go... A freeze. A freeze on any anything new, yeah. for sure. We, we really did make some compromises on what we were spending our money on. Sure. We stopped, you know, eating fancy food and buying toys, uh-huh. you know. and Which includes video games and the newest whatever. Correct. Yeah, all those fun electronics right. that we like, you know. That cost and the latest phone. Like, the, right. Yeah, we, you know, kept our same cell phones for as long as they would live. Like three or four years. It's more than most people. Right. You know, you can't keep it forever, I understand. But you know, we were we were trying, um, and I and I would I would echo that to the you know, until you have a handle on what your budget is, you know, you're you're gonna have to make some compromises. Sure. Sure. So where are you at now in this process? Where are the student loans at? So right now, we have no debt except for the house. That's great. Yeah. I mean, if you'd have told my earlier self that, you know, 10 years into marriage, we'd be two years away from paying off our home. Right. With 
you know, and then being completely debt free. Right. I probably would have laughed at you. <laughs> you know, I was looking down the barrel of a bunch of student loans. Right. And and basically going into this mindset of nobody ever pays off a house. Oh, right. You, you just buy another one and you just always have a mortgage. I, I don't think I've ever known someone to have their house paid off. Wow. Like, I just didn't think that that was a possibility. And now it's like, not only is that a possibility, it's going to be a reality that we're right. on that trajectory, you know, God willing. Right. That that's not something I even considered, like, the right. the idea of being completely debt-free. And not to give your age, but you're under 40, and you've paid off over $100,000 in debt. Yeah, we're both 35-ish. Right. Yeah. Um, you've bought, what, two new cars without loans? Or did you get a loan for the one? So the one we bought... One was loan. Um, while we were still in a lot of that. <laughs> so we didn't save up completely for that. So we did have a loan for that. But we did pay it off early. We did snowball that one as well. And the other one, we mostly paid cash for. Um, I think there was like two months of payment or something. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't long. Right. Yeah. It was, it was the, like, we saved up for the car and we By found... By the time the tax, the title, and the, yeah. Yeah, the, we, we saved up for what we thought the car was, but when we found the car that we really liked and decided that it was worth, you know, you know, and we made that decision. We had the, the freedom and the f financial knowledge of our capabilities to make that decision, and we knew that like, okay, we'll, we'll put most of it in cash and we'll put a little bit of it on credit, but we have the monthly flow to be able to pay that off in like two to three months. And we did uh, that. Yeah. And we did. And yeah. we did that. But that, you know, that was a decision that we were able to make confidently together. Right. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's not that credit is bad or that you don't ever use, use it. it. Um, it's that you get to decide when to use it whether it's worth it or not, and how fast you can pay it off. Right. You know, and and so I, I won't say that, you know, credit's bad or, you know, to put something on a payment plan is bad, but to be able to do it intentionally is so much more freeing right. than to do it because you have no other choice. Right. You know, we could have gone with a cheaper model than the one we decided to go with and just paid that in cash. We just we made the decision together that it was worth it to get the one that we did, and we're and we're happy with. It. And we had again, it paid off in like two to three months. Um, but that's typical about our decisions for major things. Now where we're at, you know, maybe we'll get to the point where we can pay cash for everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, there are still occasionally those things that are, you know, a little bit more difficult. Sure. You know, or depending on the timeline, you know, if your car dies. Right. You right. know, you you use the savings that you have saved up. And if you have to make the difference, you know, you do that. You have the the knowledge and the freedom to make those intentional decisions. Yeah, because if I really had to, we could get a beater. Right. You know, you can go Craigslist or somewhere and get a used car off of somebody for not that much. And you can... You can get your car, you know, you can right. have your transportation, you know, it's, a, it's all about priorities and being able to make those decisions 
And those are, you know, those are some of the things that you alluded to. You could sell something. There are a lot of people that get serious about their finances. And one of the things they do sell is this car because it's a big car with a big payment and it's more than they need and it's killing their budget. Yeah, if you have two to three cars and you can live with one. Right. You know, you have, you have the right to make that decision. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, we, we, uh, we had a yard sale. We had a big yard sale and put probably more things in that yard sale than originally maybe comfortable with. It's like, you know what? This is important to us. We're going to try, you know, to make some sacrifices for the priority, which we see as being financially free. Right. You know, and that to us also looks like being able to give more, being able to travel, being able to do the things we really want to do, you know, that you can't if you're tied up in monthly payments. Right. Um, and I know this is just one facet of married life, of adult life, of adulting, <laughs> but it's so vital and i think it, hearing from somebody like you guys who started like a lot of us start you know you get married and you're, you're living together and what is budgeting what is finances what is all this stuff and then moving beyond that you know you guys have that success of while you were still young while you were still starting out you kind of got ahead of the game and even though you didn't necessarily have the greatest foundation coming in, you kind of really worked together and set one and have really come a long, long way. Um, and I think that a lot of people are going to benefit from hearing what you've shared. You've got a lot of nuggets of wisdom in here, a lot of authentic struggle and success. And it's all kind of focused on the unity that you have together as a, as a team as a unit, as a married couple, as a we and a us. And then, of course, that, that third leg of the stool, God and God working in your marriage and working in your life, even though he wasn't center at the beginning, he was there at the beginning. You know, you had that foundation and he kind of walked with you through the process. So. Absolutely. All right. Well, anything else you want to add? This has been good have the right financial discipline you can make it work yeah i don't know this might be a two-parter it might actually be three (laughs) (laughs) but that's okay this has been a really really good i just want to thank you both for sharing your journey Do you want to start or further develop a relationship with Jesus? Go to elainecross.com slash Jesus and download the free ebook, Connecting to Your True Power Source. It covers connecting with Jesus, choosing a Bible, how to pray, and finding a church home and more. Again, that's elainecross.com forward slash Jesus. We'll be here next week. Thanks for joining us. Till next time.